Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star for this last week of this series called Family Circus, how we manage these animals that, have, I mean, people that God has put in our house, right? It is a circus at times, and we're trying to figure it out. We walk the tightrope. We, uh, we have to navigate this whole thing. We're all trying to figure out. We started on Mother's Day talking about our moms. Today we end on Father's Day, and we talk about the world's strongest man. What we learned today is the world's strongest man is not physical, but it's something in the heart. How many of y'all grew up and you went to the circus? Growing up, you went and saw a circus. It's fun, right? You see all the different shows, but there's something about the world's strongest man we all remember. He'd hit the, he'd take the hammer, hit the bell. We've got that set up outside. You can win Brave tickets. You can win a Yeti cooler. We gave you Brave tickets when they're good, all right? And so that's, a, that's an awesome thing. So that's all set up. We'll talk about that here in a few minutes. I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, turn to the book of Luke. Luke is where we're gonna camp out this morning. We're gonna be in Luke chapter eight. If you got a little brochure on the way in, that will be our guide where <clears throat> you got your phone. You got your phone, you can go to the North Star Church app and that app will be there. Um, if you've never downloaded North Star Church, Georgia, all right, your North Star Church, Georgia, and the App Store, and that all the notes are there. Today, we're going to read the story about a man we don't know a whole lot about. We don't, we don't really know what he looked like physically, but we learn a lot about him today. We don't know his background. We don't know how he was raised. We don't know what his parents were like. We don't know what kind of dad he was. We don't know what kind of friend he was, but we have a story that was left in scripture. And this story paints the picture of the kind of man we all hope to be as we celebrate Father's Day today. Would y'all join me and let's give a round to all the men. We'll talk about it more in a few minutes. I'm so glad to honor them today. We've got, we've got a gift for you. I'm gonna tell you at the end of the service today, you'll never forget, all right? So just remember, remember, I'm promising something and I'm gonna deliver it, all right? I want y'all to stand with me, would you? Luke chapter 10. All right, quick question. How many of you have ever been desperate? I'm not talking about like, I'm hungry, I need something to eat, and you just left the church parking lot. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about desperate to the point you feel like you're out of options. Desperate to the point you don't know where else to turn. I mean, you are out of resources, there's nowhere else you can go, there's nothing else you can do, and you know if something doesn't come through, we aren't gonna make it. How many of you have ever been desperate like that before? It's a pit feeling, isn't it? There is a gut-wrenching piece of you that you go, I may have lots of degrees, I may have lots of abilities, but none of it even matters. The desperation we're going to read about in this story this morning is the desperation of a father. <clears throat> this guy was a put-together guy. We know that he was a leader, but he reached a point he couldn't do any more, and he needed Jesus to fill in some gaps. That's what we're going to talk about. Luke chapter 10, or I'm sorry, Luke chapter 8, Luke 8, verse 40, Luke 8. 
verse 40. Now, when Jesus returned, we know that Jesus has been away, and now he's coming in. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all, what's the next word? Waiting for him. Now, interesting part of the story, they weren't waiting to high-five him. They weren't waiting to get his autograph. They were waiting on him because they needed something. They were waiting on him because they had sick family members. They were waiting on him, him because they had trouble. They were waiting on him because they needed help. They weren't just showing up to see Jesus. They were waiting on him because they were hoping if he could heal, if he could touch, if he could show up, God could come through for him. All the people were waiting on him. Verse 41 says, and there was a man named Jairus. Jairus, an interesting guy. It's the only time we have a story of him in Scripture. We know that Jairus was a ruler. Maybe up to seven guys like him, most likely around three guys like him. But this day, he didn't come with his occupation. He came, with a came as a dad. He didn't come with his, his card saying, hey, I'm the CEO of this or the president of this or in charge of this. I live here. He came as a, as a dad. He was the ruler of a synagogue. And, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house. Implored is a good word for begged. Implored is a big word for he didn't know what else to do. He had only a daughter about 12 years of age, and now you find out why he was so desperate, and she was what? What does it say? Dying. Funny, this story is captured in Luke. Luke, the physician, is pinning the story for us. There is no medicine. There is no help. There is no other way. And as Jesus went with him, the people pressed him all around him. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, help me out, only what? Believe, and she'll be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter except Peter, John, and James, and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead. She's just sleeping. And they laughed at him knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called and said, Child, arise. Her spirit returned. She got up at once. He directed that something should be given to her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them not to tell anybody what had just happened. Would you pray with me? Father, today there's nothing better than a snapshot of a desperate dad who doesn't know where else to go, who doesn't know what else to do, he doesn't know where else to turn, 
So he turns to you. God, I believe there's a reason you left this story. God, I believe there's a reason you have this for us. God, may we see it today. May we get it today. And may we be changed by it today. Father, we give you these next few short minutes that we have together. Bless them and use them. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, you need to find three people and say this. The Braves need to beat the Phillies today. All right, Braves need to beat the Phillies. Come on, help me out a little bit. You may go, Mike, I'm a Phillies fan. I'm offended. You should be. All right, and so I, I have no problem with that. But really, does, does baseball belong in church? At North Star. All right, and so... You got your outlines out. Let's talk about this guy named Jairus a little bit. Jairus is an interesting guy. Jairus was a ruler in the synagogue, which meant this. He had a title and he had power. Big deal back then. See, when you had a title and you had power, you lived at the top echelon of society. You had, so most people back then, they lived here. Not rulers, they lived here. They weren't of the people. They were above the people. You had the Jewish rulers of the synagogues, and you had the common people, and you had the Romans, which is a whole other deal, but they lived here. Now, the Jewish synagogues were all tied in with the Pharisees. So let's do a little Bible quiz this morning. Do a little, little, little knowledge check, help out. If you don't know the answer, you, you don't have to say anything because I can't hear you anyways, but I think most of you will get this right. Did Pharisees love Jesus or hate Jesus? Which one? They hated him. They hated him. They're like, Mike, I thought they loved him. We great on the curve here. More people got it right. All right, and so they hated Jesus, which meant Jairus, as the leader of the synagogue, had heard all the conversations about why Jesus was a bad guy. Little, little mix in the story here. Don't hang out with him. Don't listen to him. Don't be around him. Don't acknowledge him. Don't hear about him. See, Jesus was a new leader, a new rabbi, and the Jewish leaders hated him. In fact, everybody look at me. They hated him to the point they were already at this point while we're reading this, they're already plotting how they were going to kill him. Those were Jairus' buddies. Everybody look at me. But when you get desperate, you'll go anywhere for help. Would y'all agree with that? Jairus doesn't come to Jesus by night like Nicodemus, the ruler, did. He comes in the middle of the crowd, get this, of needy people. This crowd, when Jesus is getting into town, getting off that boat, and he's stepping in, they were waiting on him and waiting to tell him what they needed. This wasn't a picture of Jairus in the back going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. This is a picture of a person 
willing to do whatever they had to do to get their daughter help. It's one thing to try to help people. It's another thing to feel like my child is dying and I don't know what to do. I'm willing to try Jesus. That was Jairus. Jairus, to our knowledge, was not a follower, but Jairus knew where to go. Has everybody got the picture? All right, to just read the story, it's like, oh yeah, good story. This is the story of a desperate dad. Right at the top of your outline or at the top of your notes that you're taking on your phone, would you write the word desperate? Jairus threw his title aside. Jairus threw his background aside. Jairus threw his education aside because you're willing to do whatever you can for your child. How many of you in the room are parents? Raise your hand if you're a parent. You don't get it to your parent. When you become a parent, you get it. You'll do crazy stuff for your kids. Crazy. That was Jairus. Jesus comes in and Jairus paints the picture of the world's strongest man. Not physically, but strong in here. Pen, pencil, something to write with this morning. Principle number one, strong dads seek Jesus personally. Strong dads seek Jesus personally. Look at what it says. And there came a man named Jairus. <clears throat> so, a little quiz on what I said earlier. Did we say if Jairus was poor or rich? Which, which one was he? He was rich, which meant he had servants. Which meant he had people that worked for him. Which meant we know he was married. We know he ruled at the synagogue. We know he was a guy. We know he was a guy, meaning he had, he had things at his disposal. He could have sent anybody else to Jesus. He didn't. He went himself. Big part of the story. Now, here's what he laid aside to do that. He had to lay aside his, his uh, image. It's hard to be cool when you're desperate. It's hard to be put together when you're desperate. But Jairus came to Jesus. What was the word? Personally. Personally came to Jesus. He heard about him. He knew about him. And now he runs to him. He begins to beg him. Strong dads seek Jesus personally. Did he know all the right things? Nope. He just knew he needed him. Do you know all the right things to say? I don't think so. But his desperation got Jesus' attention above all the other desperate people. It wasn't, I'm telling you, it wasn't a homecoming parade where everybody's, woohoo, welcome home. Wasn't that. Wherever Jesus went, the crowds would press in on him because they were all desperate. He was more desperate, and Jesus noticed. That's how desperate he was. 
strong dads seek Jesus personally. I want you to write a little note under number one. Ready? And the note is this. There's nothing like a desperate dad. Would you write that down? There's nothing like a desperate dad. Well, Mike, I don't know all there is to know about the Bible. That's okay. Mike, I don't know all there is to know about the end of times. Okay. The greatest gift you will ever give your family, everybody look at me, is being desperate for Jesus and seeking him personally. Best gift you'll ever give your family. Because you see it. See, desperate people don't blend in. Desperate people always stand out. He sought Jesus personally. He didn't send anybody else. When I, when I have a guy say, man, I need to come in. My wife and I need some marital counseling. And, and I said, well, you make the appointment. And the guy always looks at me like, excuse me? I'm like, you make the appointment because until you're willing to make the appointment, you're not ready to get ready. You got to be desperate. You got to be willing to seek it personally. The world's strongest man begins with being desperate. And listen, there are times you don't feel like the world's best dad or the world's strongest man. You don't. We were driving through Tacoa, so we left here last week. I went and spoke Sunday night for a, a camp that our kids were at. I went up and did a leader's event for them on Sunday night. And Waze, the little navigational tool, got us on some crazy back. When you hear deliverance being played while you're driving, all right, and so we're on these crazy back roads through Tacoa. And Ann's like, when it's dark, I don't want to be on that road. And I said, baby, you're with me. That's what I said. I drive a truck. She goes, you have carpet in the trunk. I went, good point. All right, and so I'm not a real, not a real man. And you don't feel like that sometimes. Strong dads seek Jesus personally. But principle number two, strong dads bring Jesus into their home. Strong dads bring Jesus into their home and falling at Jesus' feet he implored him to come to where? Come to where? Oh, we can do better than that, people. All right, implored him to come where? To his house, because his house was where his daughter was. Man, I don't know what happened. I, I don't see Jairus standing on a box. This is the picture that's in my mind. I always try to paint a mental image of what was going on in the story. You know what my picture is? Him laying on his face, grabbing Jesus' feet, begging him to come to his house where his daughter was. Because something that he did got Jesus' attention. And here's the crazy part of the story. Jesus turned and he was going to his house. Now we learn in the story that while Jesus was on the way to the house, some people came and said, teacher, you don't need to go. His daughter has died. So we assume from the story it was not far. There's hope. See, when you're desperate, would you write the word hope down? You're always looking for a little bit of hope, right? If you're desperate, you're going, I just need a little twinkle of hope, just a little gear of hope. I need to know hope's just around the corner. 
And as they made the way to Jesus, with Jesus, to his house, Jairus leaves his sick daughter dying. He goes to where Jesus is coming into town. He begs him to come. He implores him to come. Jesus begins the journey. Well, the part we left out of the story, while Jesus was on the way, a lady with an issue of blood touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus turns around and said, who touched me? Remember that story? Who touched me? How do you know somebody touched you? Well, power left me. And Jesus begins a conversation with this lady about her ailment. Now, you know, anytime you start talking to a woman, it can be a while, all right? And so here you are, a desperate man, trying to get Jesus to your house. He's talking to this lady, and while he's talking to the lady, hope goes out. Sir, no need. His daughter died. <clears throat> I want you to write a little thought down. This, this is extra, all right? 930 didn't get this, all right? And so you get this. When Jesus is involved, would you write this down? When Jesus is involved, you always have hope. best thing this guy did was get Jesus involved in his story. See, it's funny as you read the New Testament, you know what you learn? Jesus never attends a funeral where he doesn't raise the dead. Find a story where somebody died that Jesus didn't raise them. Well, Mike, I, I see times now where people die physically, spiritually they didn't know. They're more alive and well than we are. He implored Jesus, and he took him to his house, all right? Which begs the question, how do we take Jesus to our house? I'm going to give you some thoughts. Ready? Pray. Pray over and with your family. Pray over and with your family. Mike, I don't know what to pray. If you begin the process he'll fill in the blanks my god i don't pray good prayers all right let's time out real quick do you think when we get to heaven god's going to say i want you to see our leaderboard of prayers all right and so here in number one we have the local pastor right he's number one is uh this is why i say that every family event i go to everybody in my family we all know christ Mike, would you pray for us? I guess I'm paid to pray. I don't understand. I'm like, can you not pray? And they're like, no, I think God will bless the food more. I'm like, we'll still have carbs. But anyways, so well, the prayer board, eh, you don't have a prayer board. You know what God loves? He loves desperate prayers. Do you know what God would honor in your home, men? Everybody look at me. God, I give my family to you today. God will honor that prayer. Mike, that's not real eloquent. No, but it's desperate. He loves desperate prayers. Jesus, take care of my kids. He'll honor that prayer. And you know what you'll begin? 
as you begin to pray, you'll want to pray more. We're already worrying. And we say this all the time at North Star. Worries are just prayers we say to ourselves. Just, just turn them into prayers. How many of y'all had a child that went to impact last week? Raise your hand if you had a child that went to impact. They probably just woke up. But anyways, they went to impact last week. When your child gets home from sports camp this week or impact or an event, tell me what you learned. That's awesome. That's bringing Jesus into your home. Does that make sense to everybody? Here's what I'm not saying. Family, would you gather around my feet now? I want all of you, youngest to oldest, to gather at my feet. We're going to begin in the book of Leviticus. All right, that's not what I'm talking about. All right, that didn't work at my house. I'm going to work at your house. The greatest thing Jairus did in the story, do you know that if Jesus hadn't showed up at Jairus' house, Jairus' daughter would not have lived? The greatest gift you'll ever give your family, men, is bringing Jesus to your house. It's crazy, though. We feel least equipped to do it, don't we? How do I do that? I want you to write this under number two, and we're going to move on. Walk towards him every day, period. We sent a little email called Digging Deeper. You've got Bible apps online. If every day you walk, you get up, you say, I'm going to walk towards Jesus today. You will not go wrong. We only go wrong when we don't walk towards him. Because when you begin to walk towards him, you end up taking people with you. That's what you do. He brought Jesus to his house. And point number three, strong dads entrust their kids into Jesus' hands. He did not know what else to do but give them to Jesus. Jesus, here's my girl. It's funny, you know, Jesus only took in Peter, James, and John and the, the mom and the dad. The husband said, Jesus, I'm giving her to you. Listen, this move could cost him his job. This move wasn't good for his career. This move bringing Jesus to his house is not going to win him an election. But it's going to save his daughter. I want everybody to hold their hands out in front of them. Our tendency with anything in life is to hold it like this. Money, we want to hold like this. Great lesson on money, hold it like this. It's not yours. Our jobs, we want to hold like this. Our stuff, we want to hold like this. Hold it like this. It's going to come and go. But our children, oh, we want to hold it and squeeze it as hard as we can. I want everybody to look at me. They are not yours. They're the Lord's. You steward them well, and you hold them like this. Jairus made an amazing decision 
Look at your hands. They're his, not mine. My daughter's his, not mine. Jesus, I need you. Strong dads trust their kids into Jesus' hands. Jesus looks at him. I can hear this. Jairus, don't fear. Only believe. I, I, I stand in here last service. And I was looking across the room. You can put your hands down now. They're like, I'm getting very tired. All right, so put your hands down. About some of you I've stood with at funerals. Scared. This person that I loved, mom or dad, an aunt and an uncle, a friend. The worst, the child. I see the heavenly father reaching out, grabbing your hands, going, don't fear. I got him. Only believe. Because one day you're going to see him again. You know what a strong dad looks like? Everybody look at me. He looks like a weak dad. Because I can't. Jesus can. That's what he looks like. He looks like a man that doesn't know what else to do, but give him to Jesus. That's what he looks like. That's a strong dad. That's a strong dad. And it's a dad anybody can be if they walk towards him every day. Would you pray with me? God, we're desperate. God, we can't do this without you. story. Thanks for Jairus. Thanks for his willingness to lay it all aside. So maybe I, today I could be a better dad. I'm a better dad for reading this story. I know that. I pray we're all better people for reading this story. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask all the dads in the room to stand. Would you? Would you stand? Number one, I'm proud of you for being here. I'm proud of you for being here. Seek Jesus with all you got. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Greatest gift you'll ever give your wife, greatest gift you'll ever give your family is to walk towards him every day. You never go wrong walking towards him every day. Mike, that doesn't sound complicated. Good, it's not. Let's get up and walk towards him. Jesus, I'm walking to you today. Because you know what we end up finding? We take people with us as we walk. Walk towards him every day. My grandparents, my granddad had third grade education. But he left a legacy for his family because he walked towards him every day. There'll be more times you feel weak than strong. There'll be more days that you don't know what to do than you know what to do. There'll be more times you felt like I screwed up than I did right. We're not graded by the event. We're graded by 
a legacy. Leave a good legacy by walking towards him every day. I'm ask all guys, even if you don't, not a father right now, would you stand all men, teenager, middle schooler, child, want all men to stand. There's a guy around you and you know them. Would you reach your hand and put your hand on them? If you don't know them, maybe creepy. All right, but would you reach out, put your hand on them? God, you had a plan for men. And the plan was to be an image bearer of you. Got some men standing around this room right now, 12. Today, they're beginning to walk towards you every day. And one day, they're going to carry people with them and walk towards you. Father, may we make our mark on our world because we're not desperate for success. We're not desperate for a new title. We're not desperate for a new job. But we're desperate for you because you are the only one that has the hope that we need. God, if we do that, I believe we'll be the men you created us to be. God, may North Star be full of those men. And Father, that is my prayer over them today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone to stand now, would you? Would you join me and thank all these amazing men around the room?